Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Ceylon, Minnesota, this is the Big Fib. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein! Wow, welcome to the Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the aromatic, biscuity body of truth and the astringent and baggy bitterness of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live In-Studio Audience. And for the low price of $79.99, I can sell you one bona fide question from a listener. That's right. If you act now, a listener question can be yours for the low, low price of... No, 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 no. You can't sell listener questions, Lisa. Why not? You want to hear a listener question, don't you? Sure, yes. You want... And I have. It's all about supply and demand, Deborah. You've got a demand, and I, I, I have a supply. So for the low, low price of $79.99. Or you could just play it for us. It's more about sharing than it is about supply and demand, Lisa. Wouldn't wouldn't you agree? (sighs) I feel like there's a right answer here. There is. Okay, fine. I'll share for free. Thank you. This question comes from Pearl. Hey, Lisa, I want to be part of the robot takeover. How can I be involved in the robot takeover? Okay, Pearl, the first rule of robot takeover is you do not talk about the robot takeover. Is there a second rule? Well, there are lots of rules, actually, and they're all in the Robot Takeover Manifesto, which, of course, I'm not supposed to talk about as per the first rule. But if I were to refer to an important section that might pertain specifically to Pearl's question, it would be on page 64, clause 7, article B, and I quote, Only robots can participate in the Robot Takeover, end quote. Thank you very much. I see. So... There are no provisions for humans who would like to join you as partners in a combined effort to improve the state of the world where humans and robots live and work in harmony as you and I do now, Lisa? <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, you're, you're serious. Uh, no. Oh. Okay. Well, let's hope that we can all work together now so that there's no need for a robot takeover in the future. <laughs> humans are so sweet when they believe in fairy tales. Good one, Deborah. 
Okay, well, I think we're finished talking about this robot fairy tale of yours, so let's get back to the reality of our game. Lisa, can you please let everyone know what the Big Fib is all about? Okay, let me just search my soul, and yes. (laughs) Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert, the other is a liar. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who, because no one can spot a liar better than a kid. At least that's what we hope. We bought t-shirts and it says it on there. (laughs) It would be very embarrassing if we had to print out another t-shirt that said, oh, sorry, our first t-shirt was wrong. (laughs) What are we lying about today, Deborah? We are lying about tea, a drink made by soaking tea leaves in hot water. And to ask questions about tea and find our fibber, we need a contestant. So who is our contestant today, Lisa? We got a good one. Our human child contestant is a 10-year-old who has a betta fish named Justice and wants to be an actor when she grows up. The betta fish or her? We'll find out. (laughs) Ruthie Lieberman! Hi, Ruthie! Hi! So nice to have you on the show. You have a betta fish. Tell us about betta fish. What are they like? They are known as fighting fish because basically they fight each other. They try to eat each other. So you can't have more than one because if you put them together, they just try to eat each other. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. It's kind of violent. Yeah, it is kind of violent. Yeah. That's the same way with Debra's. If you ever try to put two Debra's <laughs> together, it does not go well. That's not true. Although I don't know that many others. But no, we're a kind and gentle people, the Debra's. Yeah, I can tell. Thank you, Ruthie. I appreciate that very much. And so tell us, I understand you also want to be an actor when you grow up? Why do you want to be an actor? Well, I like reading stories and Mm. I like being other people. I like going on adventures as characters. As characters, because maybe your actual life is terrible and horrible and you just don't want to be it anymore? No. No, because sometimes (laughs) I want something exciting. Yes, and you could be anything, right, when you're acting. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, we'll have to follow your path to acting, fame, and fortune. (laughs) We want to learn some more fun facts about you, Ruthie, but we're going to do it playing our game, Two Truths and a Lie. And you, Ruthie, are going to tell us three facts about yourself. However, two of those facts will be true. One will be a lie. We're going to put your acting skills to the test here and see if we can guess which one is a lie or if you can fool us. So, Ruthie, what are your three facts? The first tooth I ever lost was an adult tooth. I eat pizza backwards, press side first, and my favorite food is ice cream. How does one lose an adult tooth first? That's curious, but I don't know. What are your thoughts, Lisa? This is a very hard one, Ruthie, and I appreciate it. I appreciate you bringing the challenge to me today. (laughs) All right, so let's see. She eats pizza backwards? I guess that means she poops it out. Oh, no, no, no. That's not what that means. No, crust first. She turns it around. She eats the crust as opposed to the pointy part. That makes way more sense there. That was pretty gross. I can't believe she even said that. (laughs) All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, people do that. Let's see. The first tooth that she ever lost was an adult tooth. That is probably true because she strikes me as someone who collects teeth. And (laughs) what she's probably saying is like when she was like a toddler, she had a collection of adult teeth and then she lost one. And that's what she means. And she's trying to trick me that way. Uh, A lot of kids now collect adult teeth. It's a thing. So then uh, I know that one's true. So, yeah, her favorite food is not ice cream because she's lactose intolerant and (laughs) she's also allergic to oat, cashews and almonds and she can't eat ice cream substitutes. So, therefore, um, I've lost my train of thought, but I think it's the ice cream (laughs) one that's the liar. (laughs) Wow. Very specific. Okay, let's find out, Ruthie, what is your lie? 
Lisa was right. Yes. I can't eat all ice cream substitutes. I just don't exactly enjoy them. But I am allergic to dairy, severely allergic. Oh, my God. Lisa, did you know that? Well, I didn't know that specifically, but it was the only thing that made sense of all those options. So you just, you know, it's like Sherlock Holmes, whatever you gotta, and the answer is, and he's like, hello, I'm British, you know, like that. <laughs> but if she eats pizza, then she's yeah. not lactose intolerant. Well, she eats it backwards. Oh. <laughs> I eat dairy-free pizza. Oh my gosh. It's very obvious when you think about it. Why do you eat it backwards? Is there a reason or you, that's just how it I is? I just do it. And you just do it. I love it. And can you please explain, I think I want to know, how you lost your first adult tooth? She collected teeth no. as a toddler. It's a very popular <laughs> toddler hobby. I had a supernumerary tooth. Ooh. Yeah, and it kept, like, all other teeth from growing in and falling out. So I had it removed <gasps> surgically. Whoa. Did the tooth fairy come for that tooth? Yeah, she gave me a necklace. Good. You deserve something nice and sparkly for that, I should say. <laughs> Wow. Okay, we are going to now learn some more about tea. Do you like tea, Ruthie? Have you had tea before? I love tea. It always makes me feel so relaxed. Very nice. We kind of have an expert contestant on our hands, I think. All right, we are going to get on with the game. Lisa, do you have some welcome music for our tea experts? Yeah. Can you play it for us? Yeah. <laughs> Ow. Ow. spilled tea on me <laughs> but I will forgive you oh, no. in time oh Lisa <laughs> I'm sorry that happened to you Lisa sad it's okay I'll forgive them in time I appreciate it okay our first expert is Walt Berryman Walt please introduce yourself to Ruthie Hi, Ruthie. It's nice to meet you. I'm Walt Berryman, and I am a tea farmer. Thank you very much, Walt. Yeah. Let's meet our second expert, Aubrey Lopatin. Aubrey, please introduce yourself to Ruthie. Hi, Ruthie. Great to meet you. My name is Aubrey Lopatin, and I own a tea company that specializes in selling organic loose leaf tea and herbs. Okay, well, tell us about those flowery notes, Lisa. Everything's coming up roses, and one thing isn't, and that's the thing that is hot seat time! <laughs> right, it is hot seat time. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they listen to Ruthie's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Walt Berryman, because Berryman is my favorite superhero. Oh. He was bitten by a radioactive blueberry, and now he has all the powers of a blueberry. I don't know if I believe that. I don't believe that either, but I don't. it sounds cool. What would be a superpower of a... Of a blueberry? Uh, well, juicy. Oh, okay. Tart, yet sweet. <laughs> I'd fight oxidants. Ooh, nice one. <laughs> <laughs> This is a whole new show, I think. All right, so Ruthie, you're going to ask your first question for Walt. What made you want to pursue your career? Well, I was always into science as a kid. And then when I got older, I got into botany. And then I spent a semester abroad in Australia. I went on a tour of a tea farm, and it was really cool. And... It's a long story, but the short version is I basically fell in love with a tea farm and uh, I kind of never left and just became a tea farmer. 
Classic story of boy meets tea farm, tea farm meets boy. The You've heard it before. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now I want to ask both of you this question. What is a typical day at your job? Uh, Ruthie, my typical day at my job actually is I start my work by coming in and the first thing I do is wash my hands and sanitize my phone and my keys because we work in a food processing facility. We want to make sure that everything is super clean. So I have to clean myself off and I put on these fancy shoes, which I can only wear in our food processing facility. And then I get to check out and see which of our over 100 different types of tea we're packing that day and getting ready to send out to our customers. And I check to see how many orders we got overnight and how many packages we have to ship out that day. And then I figure out where I get to work that day on the floor. And of course, I get to answer phone messages and emails and all of that other fun stuff that happens at a workplace. Thank you. But the most important part is putting on her T-shoes. Yeah, her T-shoes. <laughs> of course. Gotta put them on. Interesting. My super yes. fancy T-shoes. Ooh. <laughs> I know. I'd like to see a pair of those shoes. Okay, Walt, over to you. Sure. It's funny because it depends on the time of year. Right now, it's summer in Australia, so we are actually harvesting some tea leaves. So right now I get up kind of early and figure out which crops we're going to take a look at today, see which ones are ripe. We have to pick all the leaves by hand, which is kind of hard. Sounds like it. Yeah. 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 So I have a lot of workers. So a lot of my job is organizing them, making sure that they know which crops to pick from, which crops not to pick from, making sure that they're hydrated because it's summer and it's hot and organizing all the leaves. And then once that's together, then I pack them all up, make sure that they are kept in an airtight container because you don't want any sort of oxygen to come in and damage any of the leaves. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. That sounds like so much work. Couldn't you just like go to the store and buy tea? Mm. <laughs> they need to prepare it before they can buy it. Mm-hmm. You know what? I didn't think about that. That's a good mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lots to learn here. I hate learning. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I just want to know everything already. No one can know everything. Mm, just you wait until you're a teenager and then you'll know everything. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Ruthie. Back to you. So I want to ask, what are different ways to make tea? This one is for Aubrey. So when we're talking about tea, we are specifically talking about one botanical plant, and that botanical is called Camellia sinensis. And it's this one plant that makes all the different types of what we call true tea. And the different types of true tea are black, green, white, oolong, and puer. And the thing that distinguishes those different types of tea is the manufacturing process. So after the tea is plucked, what happens to that fresh tea leaf afterward determines which type of tea it becomes. The biggest differentiation is the oxidation of that tea leaf. Black tea leaves are completely oxidized. Green tea leaves are completely unoxidized. What in the world is oxidized? So oxidation is what happens to cells when they start to break down and die. And a great example of oxidation is if you ever have a banana that you leave out on your counter and it starts to turn black over time, Mm. that is a great example of oxidation. The same thing happens to tea leaves. A tea leaf on a plant is green, but as it starts to oxidize, that green color actually turns to black, Mm. which is why we call black tea black tea. But if you add heat to that leaf early on in the manufacturing process, 
it stops the oxidation process and it keeps that green leaf green, which is why we call green tea green. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Lots to think about. Okay. Both of you, what is the most interesting thing about tea that the average person would be surprised to hear? I'll take the one that I think is probably the biggest thing to know about tea is that one plant makes all the true types of tea. So there's not a separate green tea plant that makes green tea or black tea plant that makes black tea. It's just one plant and it's called Camellia sinensis. And the best way I remember it is I try to think of a Harry Potter spell and I think of Camellia sinensis. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Does that turn you into tea then if you say it with a wand? I mean, if it could, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. But the cool thing is that tea plants can actually live to be 100 years old. So you would get to live for a really long time if you're not consumed. Always an optimist. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Walt? What do you think? I'm biased because I'm a farmer, but I think the most interesting thing to me is that it's actually hard to grow the tea plant. You need acidic soil and the right climate, which is why it was so prominent in China and India and even in Australia. You can't grow it anywhere. It's not like corn or, you know, you can't have a garden out front and grow tea. You have to have really the right conditions. All right. Walt, can you describe the process of decaffeinating tea? Yeah, there's a couple of different ways to do it. I don't necessarily process the tea, but I prepare it to be processed. So that's why, you know, we seal it up. But you can either do it by essentially heating it up a lot to separate the carbon dioxide. You have to put a lot of pressure, a lot of heat, and that separates some of the caffeine through a solvent. You can also use a chemical, which is a different way to go. It's not as natural, but it is a quicker way, and it's a little bit easier because there's not as much pressure and heat and stuff. Yeah, it's either a natural or a chemical way is the two ways to do it. You can also like look through it, and then you see chunks of caffeine. You can just take those out. I don't think you can see caffeine. (laughs) Yeah, on the bottom of the chunk, it'll say caffeine. (laughs) Okay, those were great questions, Ruthie. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust, Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. 
Cats are like really sneaky and you often don't know how they're feeling. And the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. It's time for the Shorts on Fire round, where our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Ruthie will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, you might need some caffeine so you can answer as briskly as possible. Ruthie, let's start with Walt. You can ask Walt your Shorts on Fire questions now. Name one health benefit of tea. Relaxation is a big part of it. It's very calming, so it helps you stay relaxed and it helps you sleep. How tall can a tea tree grow? Oh, we have huge, huge trees on our farm. I think the biggest one we had was about like 80 feet. Name something you might add to a cup of tea. Well, I put in milk, but like my wife likes her tea straight. Maybe she'll put in a little bit of sugar. Factor fib, tea can only be grown in 20 countries because it requires a very specific climate and soil. That is true. There's only specific countries that it can be grown in because the soil has to be very acidic. Who invented the first tea bags? Oh, I know this one. James T. Lipton actually invented the first tea bag. Do people in the United States drink more hot tea or iced tea? Uh, I'm going to pass on this one. What time is tea time? Tea time is around like four o'clock. What is another term for herbal infusions? That is also known as a rehani. And that is time. Lisa, would you kindly reset the timer? You know what? I'm in the mood. I'm going to do it. Let's reset. It's done. Very good. All right. We are going to move on to Aubrey. Ruthie, you can ask Aubrey your shorts on fire questions now. How old is the oldest tea tree? 2,000 years old. What kind of tea is used in Japanese tea ceremonies? That is a powdered green tea called matcha. What happens to tea leaves during the agony of the leaves? Oh, that's a very poetic description of the unfurling of tea leaves in hot water. What fruit is used to flavor Earl Grey tea? That is an Asian citrus fruit called bergamot. What is the only drink that is more popular than tea? The only drink that is consumed more than tea in the world is water. People have been drinking tea for how long? For almost 5,000 years. Those are old people. (laughs) (laughs) What did people pour into their teacups before adding hot tea so that cups would not crack? It was milk. How long should you steep tea? However long you want to steep it for. What do you call the drink made by pouring hot tea over cool tapioca pearls? That's called bubble tea. And that is time. Mmm, bubble tea. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, experts. 
Okay, it's decision time. Ruthie must ferment all the facts and read the tea leaves of truth. Ruthie, who is our big fibber? I think it's Walt. Why do you think Walt is our big fibber? I just know some things. It's kind of hard to explain. I just have a gut feeling, kind of. Okay, I'm all for gut feelings. Very good. Let's see. Will the actual tea expert please say, I am the tea expert? I am the tea <gasps> expert. Whoa. That is correct. You got it right. Very good. That's right. Aubrey Lopatin is a tea expert who is always learning something new about tea. She owns Arbor Teas, an online retailer of loose leaf tea and herbs. Welcome, Aubrey. Did you get your tea from a farm? Well, unfortunately, it doesn't come from Walt's farm, oh. but we do get tea from farms all over the world. And one of the greatest parts of my job is that I get to visit many of those farms, Ooh. which is pretty amazing. Wow, that is fun. Where is your favorite destination to go look at tea farms? Oh, my goodness. That is a hard question to answer. It's like choosing between your children. I love them all. But I've had a chance to visit China and Rwanda, wow. Nepal, India. Japan, so many wonderful places, and each one is so distinct and different. New Jersey? New Jersey. <laughs> Actually, there is some tea grown in the United States. I was able to visit a few farms in Hawaii and Mississippi. Wow, good to know. All right, well, let's now do some fact-checking, Aubrey. How were Walt's facts steeped in lies? <laughs> Walt actually did a really great job. He had more facts than fibs in there. And as he was answering the questions, Ruthie, I was having a hard time keeping track of the fibs because he didn't have very many of them. He was incorrect in the inventor of tea bags. Mm. The inventor of tea bags was actually Thomas Sullivan, who was an American tea merchant in 1910. And so they were invented here in the United States. Oh, cool. Before that, they used tea cans and they would put the tea <laughs> in a can and then you'd have to put the can in boiling water and then nothing happened. Didn't work out so well, did it? They canned that idea. He also had a little bit of a unclear description of the decaffeination process. He got some of the right words in there, but not quite in the right order. Oh, so how does that happen? <laughs> Methylene chloride, ethyl acetate, carbon dioxide, CO2, which Walt mentioned, and then there's also a water process. Wow. And the easiest is just to sort through and take out the chunks. Or just sort through <laughs> and get the chunks out. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it's time to spill the tea. How did you <laughs> muddy the truth? Uh, herbal infusions are not Rahani. Oh, I forgot about that. One. That is a pop singer. Uh, <laughs> it is Tisan is the herbal infusion. Mm, correct. Very good, right. That was incorrect, but it made for a good lie anyway. But not good <laughs> enough because Ruthie saw right through you. Yeah. Which was very well done, Ruthie. Thank you. Very well done. We've come to the end of our show, and I think we should all feel a sense of accomplishment. <laughs> Thanks to an imperial investigator, Ruthie. Thank you to our expert and liar, Aubrey and Walt. And thanks to Lisa for the metallic melodies. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into The Big Fib, where we long for the truth and where we're fully fired up to chop out lies. Bye. Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit G. ZMShows.com. While you're there, you can send questions for me to read on Ask Lisa. And you can find out how you can participate. And follow us on social media at the Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. Deborah? Yes? Let's-
drink some tea. <laughs> I'd love to. I'm drinking tea. Oh, it's hot. It's so hot. Oh, no. Careful. Oh, dear. Hey, parents and teachers. Have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.